longer I preach. Pastor Jordan said like three hours, max. Minimum, really. So, <laughs> wait, thank God as in what? That I'm, okay, all right. Most people are saying shut up, so awesome. Uh, so three hours, a minimum tonight. That's just a starting place. We're just kind of going to go there and see where the Holy Spirit takes us. You know, we're just going to fly out there. But if you respond more, then I'm still going to preach long anyways. No, I'm kidding. No, if you respond more, I'll, go, I'll preach shorter, right? So everybody said, amen. okay, cool, cool. So this is my amen corner. Y'all going to respond tonight? I think you're all ready. This, this doesn't make the amen corner stop right here. So you're included in that. So you going to respond tonight? Come on, let's get it. Anybody excited to be here tonight? Come on. You ready for the word? I got some questions for you. Talking about passion or pressure. Um, which of these do you live your life by? I want you to, you don't have to read everybody your mail tonight and say, I live by pressure because I don't like coming to church. My mom and dad make me go. You don't have to do any of that. But just evaluate yourself when I'm asking these. Hey, if you want to talk to some of your friends about this later, please do. Question, why are you here tonight? Huh? Why are you here tonight? You don't have to answer. Why are you here? Why are you here? Just Wednesday night, just another quarry, something to do. Mom and dad said I have to in order to be a good Christian. Evaluate yourself. Why are you here tonight? Passion or pressure? Why do you read your Bible? Hey, all these questions are for me too, okay? I'm not saying, oh, they need this. No, I need this. So why do you pray? Passion or pressure? Why do you tell your friends about Jesus? Passion or pressure? That's a good one. That's a good one because it's, it's either or with that one. You're either excited to do it or you feel bad because you know you're supposed to. And that's the only reason you do it. Therefore, there's no fruit because you're not passionate in doing it. So get passionate about it and you'll see fruit. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Why do you volunteer on a helps team here? Passion or pressure? I want to do it versus, well, I guess I have to because everybody else did. Is it too real tonight? No, it's good, right? (laughs) Why are you a Christian? Passion or pressure? Why should you live pure? Oh, man, I might just turn this into a purity message tonight. My gosh. Man, I'm always thinking about that. You all think, oh, well, you don't have to worry about anything because once you get married, you, you know, you don't have to live pure anymore. No, no, that's just when the game starts right there. What you all are doing now as a single person is great. Live pure. But when you start uh, as, as a married person, oh, that's, that's a lot of responsibility right there. Now you have, whether male or female, you have a wife or a husband, and then you have kids. All these people are depending on you. So the... So, the pressure is there to live pure even more, but you need to have that passion to live pure. And why do you live differently than the rest of the world? Passion or pressure? What attitude? Here, here's the one. What attitude are you serving God with? Passion or pressure? Can I get Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 out of God's chosen translation, the New Living Translation? Hey, that was good. Thanks. Appreciate it. I've been working on that all summer long, actually. Um, okay, so, therefore, say therefore. Therefore. Anybody knows that, know, know what that means, therefore? I don't either. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Why should you live pure? Passion or pressure? And let us run with endurance the race set before us. Next. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. This is a key verse right here. 
middle part of verse 2. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. So what's that thing that God has for you to do, or the thing that he's called for you to do, called you to do, and what's your attitude towards it? Because this, um, I'll probably go and just... Uh, visual people, I'll probably be going back and forth this um, verse like the whole night. I'll have two verses tonight. Wow. But sometimes when one verse is, is good enough, you can preach off it. And I was like, man, I feel kind of weird, just two verses? That's like, is that like anti-scriptural to have two verses? Like there's like got to be like a preaching minimum five scriptures or something. I have two. And I, I spent a, a, a decent amount of time preparing for this and praying about it, and that's all I got. So... I'm blaming it on God, so don't blame me. Blame God. <laughs> How are you running your race is what I want to kind of get to tonight. And I want to talk, are you running with passion? Are you running it with pressure? Is your response, well, I've got to serve God. Boring. Anybody like people like that? No. Who likes being around that? Nope. Nope. I'll take a sack of potatoes rather than that or a rock. Either one's kind of better. <laughs> what about, gosh, well, I'm going to just kind of blend back in this corner because everybody's setting up tables and chairs and they always do that. Passion or pressure. <laughs> oh, man, Miss Debbie's making me work childcare this Sunday. Why does she always ask me? Isn't there someone else that can do it? Passion or pressure. Did you just, come on, you just stole my line. Passion or pressure, right? You're on it. You want to preach? Here, I'll give you this. No, you're good. You're helping me. Hey, Amen Corner, he's doing better. Sorry. Just going to throw it out there. <laughs> if you have that attitude of, I've got to do this, or they're making me, that's boring. And that is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. The opposite. Completely. Like, if there could be anything more opposite, it's, I don't know what it is, but that's the worst kind of attitude to have. But I've been there before. I've been there before. Oh, man, we got to go to church again. Man, oh, man, they're asking me to do this again. I know pastor's in here, and he's taking notes. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get you on that one. But I've had the attitude before. I can't just say, oh, I, I, I'm so passionate in everything they ask me to do. No, there's, i got to deal with my own feelings, too. Sometimes I feel, well, I should do this because other people are. I feel that, too. But I need, it's, it's, not, it's not something that I live in, though. I change it. I change my perspective. I try to at least right away. Sometimes I might be complaining. My wife would be like, eh. You know, you sound like you're really complaining. I have a bad attitude right now. I was like, oh, I do. Oops. Oh, she's bold. Trust me. And I like it, though. She, she helps me in that area. <laughs> so, so the opposite of a pressure person is a passionate person. You know, I like passionate people. I know Pastor Jordan's talked about this. He likes passionate people, too. They're just fun to be around, aren't they? Like, if you're at a sports game and your friend's just sitting there like he's stuck in the mud... Just like a bump on a log and your team scores. He's like, eh. No, you want someone to jump up with you and to shout and scream like, woo Or in worship, when we're all in here worshiping God, and you're the only one worshiping, but there's like a group around you that are too cool to worship. You know what I'm saying? Those boring kind of people who are too cool to show their emotions. And Sorry, I'm just trying to be challenging from here on out. I feel like I've been too soft, and uh, people expect me to be a leader, so leaders challenge people. I'm not trying to call it this specific area. I'm just happened to be standing over here. But this, we need Jesus over in this area, big time. You girls, we're worshiping tonight. And I appreciate that as a worship leader. It's not just about, oh, they make me feel good. No, 
God loves your worship. It pleases God. So it's not just, oh, I got to worship. I'm not saying to make Angie happy. I don't even care about that. You're pleasing God when you worship. And you're being passionate about it. Passionate people, they're people that are vibrant, people that are running after their calling, people that are pursuing God, and they're happy to do it. People that are dreaming, passionate people. Those are the, those are the kind of people I want to be around. So I'm going to give you more characteristics. Do you guys want characteristics of the passionate or the pressure? What do you want first? I heard passion first. All right. We'll start off with the good ones and then, you know, get you with the bad ones here in a minute. Passionate people are attractive. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. It's fun to be around people who are excited. doesn't mean you need to be like a crazy person who's like, I love everything, you know, because then that's just like, okay, that's annoying then, right? There is a difference. And no one wants to be around that, so. Man, I'm just, bam, knocking them out. Boring. We don't like that. Worship God more. Sorry, I sound like I'm so savage. I didn't even really take pre-workout tonight. My gosh. Joy is attractive. You could be the most unfortunate looking person. (laughs) And we have some good looking people in here. Not me. I'm not saying me. My wife. And then, you know, well, that's about it. Uh, No, I'm kidding. No, we got some good looking people in here, but (laughs) joy is attractive. But you could be the most unfortunate looking person, but yet highly attractive because you have joy and because you have passion. It's everyone's attracted to that. The business world, uh, people at school, your job, everyone's attracted to someone who's passionate and someone who's full of joy. If you aren't, then you're less than 1% of the population that feels that way. (laughs) Um, Okay. And here's, here's just something free. I just threw this in there. I sometimes take a lot of rabbit trails, and I, and I give out a lot of free stuff, and it has nothing to do with my message, but kind of does. So if you want someone of the opposite sex to notice you, huh, all right, Pastor, thank you. Quit moping around. Yeah? Quit moping around. Quit pretending that uh, it's coming to church for Winnie the Pooh tryouts, and you're trying out for Eeyore. Uh, not attractive. Oh, I would love to be married to that. Oh, my life is just so boring. I can't wait to go to church to serve. Weak. Who likes that? Come on, don't be an Eeyore. Even though he's cute. Eeyore's cute, and I, I like having a pet and just pet him. He's, he's a sweet little guy. But he's boring, and he's a Debbie Downer. No offense, Miss Debbie Cook. <laughs> but, Okay. Ready? I'll get back on characteristics of passionate people. Sorry. I just wanted to take that because it's needed. Um, Passionate people encourage you in your race and your run, which we all need in life. I need that. They pull out the callings in others. They pull out the callings in you and I. Passionate people are generous, and they're happy to be that way, not just with money but with their time. You know, Brother Sean, if you don't know him, he's he's on staff here at Church of the Rock, and he said that when you, when you give certain things, like you give a pair of shoes, you can always get another pair of shoes. You give money, you can always get money. But time, you can't get back, really. And the Bible says that God can redeem the time. But I'm talking like going to vo- and volunteering for your church or helping someone move, stumblers, or just doing something like that. You can't really get your time back. And, um, but passionate people are generous with their time. Passionate people live with a I get to mentality versus all I have to. Boring. No one wants that. Sorry. Newsflash. All right. You ready for pressure, people? This is the opposite. Complete opposite. Passionate people and then like huge gap and then boring, pressure-filled people. Okay. You ready? Anybody mad? Uh-oh. 
I think I just lost my little pack here. Hopefully nobody's offended. Like, I, I identify as a pressure person. Well, come on, we're going to change that tonight. Let's just change it tonight. Change your thinking, change your attitude, change your heart. Let's do it. Pressure people, <laughs> no fun to be around. They wonder why no one wants to hang out with them. They complain about having to do what they do. They have a bad attitude. They don't encourage you in your race, but yet discourage you. Like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to pursue what God's called me to do. I'd rather go do this because it's easy. They live with a have-to mentality versus I get-to mentality. Okay, enough about the characteristics. Let's take a breather. Everybody all right? Okay. If you have passionate friends, please stick close to them. I'm just going to love on some people real quick. Lowry's, yes. Steele's, Stumler's. So, look, there's a lot of great people in here, but not everyone's on that level yet. There's some of the best kind of people you could be around. Not just with passion, Noah. I mean, you too, buddy. Not just because they're passion. I mean, every area of their life. They're fun people to be around. They're excited, they're excited to be around. They love doing what they get to do. Just three examples. You don't have to use mine, but... It would help your life if you did. Make those kind of people the closest people and surround yourselves with them. You know, even, even if you have friends at school that are full of joy like that, surround yourself with those people as long as they're living right. Um, you know, if you, if, you have thing, if you have friends that are always living a life out of pressure, bye, Felicia, get them out. They don't have to stay. Why are you letting them stay? Get them out. Remember, who you hang out with is who you will reflect. reflect. Who you hang out with is who, who you're going to look like. So, are you okay with looking like that? <laughs> well, praise God. Let's, let's read this. Uh, can we get that Hebrews, Hebrews scripture up again? And then we'll go to Hebrews and drink some coffee after this. Therefore, since we are certain... No, let's, let's uh, go to verse 2. I'm sorry. Let's focus on this. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. That's it. I just want to focus on that one piece. You can leave it up there if that's okay. Thank you. When Jesus went to the cross, he did it with passion. Um, I wasn't there. Um, I know the Bible is somewhat vague about a lot of details, but I don't think all the details have to be in there for us to, they gave us what we needed to know. Because if we needed to know more, there would have been more in there. But he chose to do it because he loves us. You know, I'm sure he didn't look at the cross and was like, because he's passionate, I'm sure he wasn't like, yes, man, they're going to, whip me and beat me and stab me in my side and nail me to a cross and they're going to mock me and despise me and then I'm going to hang naked on a cross for everybody to see. I'm sure he wasn't like that. I wouldn't be. Sorry, I know you're extra spiritual. You might, but not me. But listen, it says, for the joy of waiting him. So he knew there was something ahead. He knew that when he showed up to church to work visual or work sound, it was bigger than him. It was he was able to see farther ahead and see the joy that awaited him. He was able to see that when he sets up that table and chair in the back, it's more than just about him, and he could see the joy awaiting him because of the fruit that will come from things like that. Listen, there's going to be things in life that God's going to ask you to do that you're maybe not going to be thrilled about. Like, God, really? Like, you want me to do that? Come on, how many knows God, God knows better than us, right? Yes, and there's a couple people that are like, okay, sure. Yes, God knows better than us. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. He does. <laughs> um, but I can assure you that 
although he might not have been like, yes, they're going to beat me and whip me. I'm sure he didn't do it out of pressure, though. How many know to go and do something to be put on a cross and take the sins of all the world? I don't think you would be pressured into something like that, right? I think you would have to do it because of the burning passion inside of you for the people that you love. You know, you know, he most likely wasn't saying, I, you know, I can't wait to be on that cross, but he definitely wasn't saying, like, God, really? Is there anyone else? He did ask if the cup could be passed from him, but he didn't say, Lord, I mean, there's plenty of able, able-bodied people to do this, right? I mean, couldn't you get someone else? You know, that's what pressure people do. They try to pawn it off on someone else who's passionate, and then the person that's passionate gets overloaded. Sorry, I, that's just too much right now. But um, <laughs> let's see. God has given you a mission and assignment on this planet, and you're supposed to run that race because you were made for it. You specifically. You weren't created for his race, and you weren't created for his race, right? God gifted you specifically for Jared to do what Jared has to do and for Mr. Tillett to do what Mr. Tillett has to do, right? Not interchangeable. Sure, you guys might be good at some things that each other are good at, but God gave you a plan specifically for you. Same with Jesus. No one else could have done it, right? I'm sure that he didn't say, I can, I can get out of it, you know, because God told me, uh, you know, I had to, and he's kind of in charge. But there's no pressure in love, and there's no pressure in joy. All right, I have two points. Um, in order for you to live a passionate life, you need to realize that, one, you ready? It's not about you. Bam, not about you. And AMZ, it's not about AMZ. Thank you, I needed that. You know, although it was all about Jesus going to the cross, at the same time, it was all about us because it was for us, right? You know, other people need your passion. Look look at what the passion of Jesus Christ did for us. That one act, I mean, it's huge, but that one act... Look at everything it set in place for everybody because he was passionate to do it. What could be the outcome of your passion and your life for others? Since it's not about you, what could be the outcome of your passion in your church, in your schools, in your home? Maybe you're the only one at your house that lives for God. That is something that is highly likely. You, could be the, you might say, hey, I'm the only person in my family that uh, believes in God. And I know there's some people in this room that have that. What could your passion change in that home? What could your living out loud, being full of life? They say, you know, he's not, he's not, or she's not like what they used to be. What's different? They're so passionate about what they do at church. They're so passionate for, for living for God. Your passion could change someone else. You know, everything we do in this Christian life ultimately affects everyone in our world around us. So, if you're living passionately for God, people are going to notice and they're going to ask about it. I remember, <laughs> I think I've told this before, but I had like the perfect opportunity. I even had like a, like a stage like this. I was in the army. I was up on top of a Humvee. And it was in the morning and no, everyone's all just mad because it's the morning and we're in the field and it's just terrible, like always. Didn't shower for two weeks, literally. Had like three changes of clothes in the hot sun. But I'm staying on top of this Humvee and this one guy says, Buck, why are you always so happy? And I was like... Uh, uh, I don't know, blew it, blew that opportunity, just totally wasted it. I was, uh, 
if I could just go back and change that. I, there was like all these people staring, like looking up. It's like they weren't like doing that when I was up there. I was changing out a weapon, I think. And when he said everyone looked up at me, I was like, uh, I don't know. I could have, I could have affected so many people just by something simple like, oh, because I have Jesus in my life and he makes me happy. Just something simple. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, no one asks why you're different when you look the same as everyone else. Even when you're a Christian, there's a lot of Christians that like, look, dude, I would never have guessed that you knew God. Never. I mean, because you don't display anything, no characteristics of a Christian, so I wouldn't have known any better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh. I remember I heard one time, <laughs> Pastor knows this one, there was a, one of our friends was at a school, and this one girl said to him, hold on, you go to church? Ouch. That's bad. Ouch. I would really hope that someone would notice. Not even that I go to church, but just that there's something different at least. They might not be able to pinpoint what it was, but they're like, hold on, wait, you go to church? You're just like us. <laughs> All right, so this is what I want to challenge you with. What do others see when they look at you? Passion, a life of passion or a life of pressure? Let them see a life filled with passion that a life of passion that serves Jesus and serves others. Number two, you ready for number two? Say number two. What is number two? I don't even know. Find a better vantage point. Find a better vantage point. <laughs> Somebody said, wow. <laughs> a long time ago, there were sailors, I know, because I was there. Just kidding. No, I've just read about it and just, I've seen a few Pirates of the Caribbean, so... A long time ago, sailors would be out, and sometimes in a storm or just bad weather or daydreaming, uh, probably playing Clash Royale while driving the ship or something, you know, or checking how many, if they got over 100 likes on Instagram for one of the pictures. Um, sometimes a ship can get off course, and sometimes in a storm, those waves are high. You know, like I said, I've been there, I know, because I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, but you can't see where you're going sometimes. You don't know why you're going there. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what's over there. So sometimes in life, you need to get a better vantage point. These sailors would send someone up to the crow's nest. And from what I've read, it was the lowest of the guys, the private, because you would get most, you would get most seasick up there and you would just barf over everyone that was down below. They're probably like, here it comes. It's just nasty. But they said it was really unstable up there and you felt the rocking and the moving of the boat the most, so more than likely you were the lowest ranking guy. That was like me in a long time when I was in the army. I did all the terrible jobs, but they try to go up. Here, this is, this is nice. Kind of an object lesson. I'm in the crow's nest. So when I was down here, my ship got off course. I couldn't really see where I was going, so I was just kind of winging it, kind of taking some shots in the dark. But as I got up here, now I can see people on the back row that I couldn't see when I was down here. Like, I know this section. That's what God's called me to do, but I can't see what's beyond that. So I came up here and I got a better vantage point. Oh, oh it's for Marsha back there. Oh, I see. God, now I see why you called me to do that thing. Or man, I couldn't see when I was down here in front of Jared and his, you don't have a big head. I have a big head, but his giant head was blocking everyone back there. But then I, I chose to get a better vantage point. Oh, and I can see it's for Nick and for Trinity back there. And Cameron's waving. It's for Cameron. God, now I see why you gave me that gift, why you gave me specifically that calling is because it was for them. 
not just for what I could see in front of me, is because sometimes in life, you have to get a better vantage point. You know what, gaining a better vantage point will change your perspective. Why do we do what we do at church? Get a better vantage point and you'll see. Ask God, God, Holy Spirit, help, hold on, what's that? You listen to your own preaching over here? Okay, it sounded like there was, you were listening to like a T.D. Jakes sermon because he's way better than me. I was just checking. You need to get a better vantage point. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help give you a different perspective. Maybe you've been doing what you do for church or for God. I keep saying church, but it's more for God. Maybe you've been doing this stuff for God and you've, you don't have a fresh perspective anymore. Ask God. Every time you ask God to meet you, every time he will. You think, well, maybe he won't listen or he hasn't said anything. He's always spoken it's just up to you to, to find out where, where he spoke and when he spoke. Sometimes God told you back here to do something, but you're, you dodged that obstacle and you're over here trying to do this. And he's like, sorry, I don't have anything for you up here because you're, I'm still waiting on you back here. You need to get a fresh perspective because you don't want to get burnt out from what you do for God, for, for living right, for living pure. Don't get burnt out on that stuff. Please don't get burnt out on that. This has nothing to do, but you need to live my gosh, you need to live as pure as possible. Choose purity over everything all the time. Run from sexual sin. I don't even know why I'm saying that. You need to run from it. It's I know it's, it's not really funny, but it's kind of funny. Run from it. Don't run to it. You find yourself in a situation, get up and get out. The Bible says that nothing messes us up. Nothing snares us more than that. Run from that stuff. That's free. So... For it was the joy set before him. So Jesus saw around all of the, the first row, all the superficial things, and he could see the prize waiting for him in the back. He could see the Marcia. I'm just using you as an example. You know, it could be a situation or an area in your life you need to get to or a person who is waiting on you to come speak a word in season to them because you're living passionately. You know, a lot of the times, <laughs> I was thinking about this, you have to start doing something before you feel good about it. Like, all right, God, I'll do this as soon as I get the warm and fuzzies. As soon as the Holy Spirit makes me dance wildly, I'll do this. How about trying some faith and stepping out and doing something God asks you to do way before you really know much about it? Say, so, you know what, Lord, I don't really understand this, but I'm going to be passionate. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to set up these table and chairs. I don't even know why we're doing it. But just know it's going to pay off, and it is paying off. By you all doing that and serving here, I don't know, this message I feel like has a lot to do with what we do here, passion or pressure. You serving here, I've, I've said this before, creates space for people like me. And anybody in, in this room who's kind of newer, excuse me, it creates a place for people to come in and find home. That's what it does. Your passion creates a place for other people to call home. I don't, man, I have no clue what my life would look like right now if my wife and I weren't at this church. I have no idea. I wouldn't know her for one. <laughs> um, my family would probably still be in shambles. Um, I would probably be chasing every kind of job opportunity that came along because uh, I would have no focus. But your passion and the passion of this church helped make a place for me to come in, find out who I, who I am. To, to, to be confident in who I am, to know that um, I, I am a son of God, and to know that he's gifted me and purposed me and given me a calling, and then shown me how to pursue those things. That's what passion does. 
Your passion creates a place for people. So check this out. Colossians 3, this is my second verse, number two. Colossians 3, 22 through 25, out of the message, but I want to focus on this one passage in the middle of it. Talking about passion or pressure. Do your best, work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full. How many, how many like that? I love that when I get something in the mail that says paid in full. Ooh, I don't like half payments or quarter payments. I want it all. So, <laughs> Paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. You know, the joy set before us, because you how I many know, yeah, Jesus, there was joy set before him, but it's also set before us. Because he ran his race. So now we have to run ours, and he's our example. So if he did his with joy, come on, we gotta do ours with joy, right? Our joy that's set before us is what we get to look forward to when we get to heaven. Completely healed body. Sound mind, 100%. Never having to deal with any temptations, struggles, family, um, all together, rather than being scattered. Anybody relate with that? Amen. Um, you get a mansion. Hello. I was just in a super nice house today, like $857. It was huge. I mean, it was just massive. Uh, we go into this room, and it just huge opens up, and then you go in that door. I'm like, my gosh, how far is this house going? It was massive. 10,000 square feet. Huge. Um, that's massive. Mine's 1,200, uh, if anybody wanted to know. <laughs> but that's the joy set before us is what we get to look forward to in eternity. Yeah, there's, we can have heaven on earth. There's great things we get to look forward to down here, uh, seeing uh, our lives change, seeing other lives change. That's, to me, that's a joy that's set before me, doing what I do here and being consistent with it to get to see people have that same life change that I had because I know that that life change for me, it means everything. That's the joy that is set before us. I don't know about you, but I want that reward. <laughs> so from now on, what we live in by people? Passion or pressure? I think I heard one pressure. Let's try it again. Passion or pressure? Do you mean it? Come on, shout it. Passion. That's right. Well, there's that. Um, Come on, we're going to be passionate people from here on out. Everything we do here at church, everything we do at school for our friends, uh, when your mom says do this and you're like, uh, how about you do it instead? No, let's change that. Come on, let's do it with a good attitude. <laughs> Wait, you just buried your head in your Bible. Does that mean that you've actually said that out of your own mouth before? You have? Our Gator, see, uh, what, you got 10 praise bucks last two weeks ago. That's another 10. So she's got 20 in her account. Everybody else is at zero, sorry. But you're doing great. I like honesty. I like when people uh, are honest and say, oh, no, I've never done that. Um, so let's live passionately for Jesus, right? Let's not, let's not uh, be Eeyores, right? Anybody want to be an Eeyore? No, come on. Let's be attractive people. People are attracted to uh, your joy. People are attracted to your passion. So let's live our lives like that, amen? As long as it's not raining, I think we're going to go out and play kickball. Let's see. This is a huge stretch, I know. Let's see.